Hello, Move Nation. You are listening to the United We Move podcast. I'm Jonathan. I'm coming to you from Move Remote HQ, as usual. And today's podcast is all about journeys, transformation, and transition. I'm talking with none other than Coach Carrie Dobo. Carrie's been a member of Move since 2017. And before she joined Move, she went through a bit of a body composition transformation thanks to her focus on nutrition. Then she decided to shift her focus towards exercise a little bit more, and that's when she decided to join Move. And even during her time with us, she's gone through quite a transition as well, quite a journey going from a beginner in CrossFit to a top athlete in the gym to a leader uh, when she got her level one and became a CrossFit coach for Move. And so we just discuss what all these journeys are like and how we deal with them, how we uh, shift our mindset. So this was just a great all-around conversation. I've really been enjoying this process of talking with my friends at Move and being able to record this and share these moments with you all and, and helping our community stay connected. So I really appreciate you all for listening, and I hope you enjoy this conversation. So you joined the gym back in the summer of 2017. So you're coming up on your three-year anniversary, yeah. like in a week or two. Crazy. I know. It's pretty <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Throughout that time, we've seen a lot of changes. So uh, in you in particular, um, I remember early on coaching you and I would give you some corrections or just some advice or whatever. And you would respond real quickly like, yeah, 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 I know, I know, I know. And, <laughs> and it, was, it was really funny because like no matter what I said, you, you already knew, you already knew the answer. So I think you were maybe a little hard on yourself or you were expecting a lot out of yourself, um, which, you know, maybe we'll get into in a little bit, but you kind of progressed. And, you know, like I said, you've been here three years. So in that time, you've kind of gone from like that beginner in CrossFit to a really good mover, you know, you move really well and became kind of an athlete and like a top uh, performer on the leaderboard every day. You got your level one, you became a CrossFit coach. You had a few ups and downs with injuries and things like that. You've also done um, a few challenges, nutrition challenges and things, and you've co-led a badass challenge with me, which was great. And then you're currently coaching the majority of our online clients uh, during this pandemic. So you are a major part of this gym. <laughs> <laughs> so like I said, that is who you are now, maybe, a, a portion of yeah. who you are now. Um, but people looking at you now might not realize who you were before joining the gym, right? You made some major body composition changes. And so I'm hoping that you can discuss a little bit about what the carry was like before joining Move. Yeah. So um, I grew up an athlete, and so my whole life I played soccer. So <laughs> I did a lot of other things, but then I did what I don't stand for anymore, which is sport, spe sport specialization. Um, I was that. <laughs> mm -hmm. But once I stopped, which was after my freshman year in college, I didn't do anything. And so in hindsight, I was definitely a soccer burnout, um, and I 
did nothing for years and years and years. Um, and when we got to grad school, I had always wanted to join CrossFit, but it was too expensive on mm -hmm. the stipend we were given. Um, and so finally, after we got married is when I decided to join. But before that, um, I was in a pretty bad relationship, always uh, like uh, verbally abusive. And so I put on a lot of weight um, for my size person. Um, so for me, it was a lot of weight. My heaviest was 150. Um, and I was so miserable with myself. Like that's all I thought about every day. Yeah. Um, so actually before CrossFit, we, I told Brandon, Hey, I'm going to do a whole 30. Um, and so I don't know, I've been trying to think about where I even saw whole 30 and I don't know. So somewhere, <laughs> somewhere on the internet <laughs> that had really good results. Uh -huh. I don't know. <laughs> um, I decided to do that. And luckily he jumped on board with it. And so that made it a hundred times easier to stick to it. Um, cause it's so restrictive and really hard, but, um, that was me kind of pre CrossFit. What kind of changes actually happened then? Yeah. So I was actually really unhealthy in the sense that my blood tests were horrible. Um, so not just like physically, when you look at me, I am overweight, unhealthy, but like actually unhealthy my triglycerides were so high my cholesterol so high glucose so high um i don't even know what you just asked me just about the changes that you <laughs> oh, saw yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay um and so that that is the main thing that happened of course i lost weight but i think getting blood work back after that was the most eye-opening thing that happened mm -hmm. um and so whole 30 you're not allowed to get on the scale for 30 days that's fine um or take pictures or any of that stuff and i did lose weight but seeing the blood was like oh my gosh right wow. food is medicine <laughs> <laughs> so eventually that led into you so you were, were you doing any exercise at that time or was it just, you were just focusing on nutrition? Yeah, it was just nutrition and I may have been like running or something, but nothing like super intensive. Yeah. So you mentioned, you know, you were in an, an abusive relationship, verbally abusive relationship before. Um, and in my interview with, with Babs, we discussed a little bit about kind of my motivation and, and my self-image and perception. And I'm curious how you saw yourself then. Yeah, it's interesting because then I didn't see myself the way he would have described me. But then after that relationship was over is when I like morphed into what he had been saying about me all of that time. And so that's interesting to kind of look back on mm -hmm. um, because at the time I wasn't, I was still like still as lean as I had always been as a soccer player, you know, maybe a little tiny bit heavier, but nothing like what I was pre CrossFit or pre whole 30. Yeah. So you just kind of embodied everything that you were yeah, doing. That he said, yeah. How did that affect you mentally? <laughs> it was miserable. It was all I thought about all the time. And yeah. so that, um, now I feel like, now I feel like people see me and think like, 
of course you can do that. Like you are so disciplined or so whatever, but it took so long to get out of that trap of I'll start tomorrow or I'll start next week. Or I could, if I just cut this out, it would be so much better. I could never get a grasp on that. It was so hard. Yeah. So when you were on the whole 30 and you're starting to see changes um, in your body composition, did that also affect you mentally? I mean, did you start to feel any different um, emotionally as you were seeing your body transform? Yeah. So I think um, it was amazing. We did a photo shoot in our wedding clothes a year after yeah, we got right. married. Uh-huh. It's like famous picture of within the gym. Um, yeah. <laughs> and that, that, yeah, that was amazing. It definitely helped mentally. I think past whole 30 next was RP and that was really when the body composition started to come in. Um, and that is what kind of gave me inner peace, I guess. Um, and we both kind of have (laughs) been experimenting on ourselves, but we're both just kind of maintaining now. Um, so that it's just see, I don't know. I was trying to think about it earlier and just seeing how far we can push ourselves what we can turn into, I guess, is that kind of like, okay, you can look like this may not be the healthiest. So let's go backwards and put a little bit more weight on. (laughs) Oh, as far as like getting leaner or. Yeah. So like there was a point last year where I was too lean. I was. Okay. Yeah. Not, not in a good place. (laughs) How long after you did the whole 30, did you start focusing on exercise? Um, we did a whole, we did the whole 30 in March and in June I joined the gym and did fundamentals in July. My dad had major surgery and I was gone. And so like in August is when I became super consistent. What made you decide on CrossFit? Um, I (laughs) was just thinking about this answer. So in high school, I was a group of like five girls that started our first ever girls weightlifting class. Um, and so, (laughs) yeah, and so that has kind of always been something I loved, obviously, in addition to playing soccer. But it just, I, I still don't even know where I saw CrossFit. But uh-huh. I saw it and I was like, I want to try that. Yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. So what kind of challenges did you face early on as far as exercise and, and getting back into that post, you know, post being an athlete yeah. for most of your life? It was a lot of what you and Babs we're talking about where I should be able to do these things. Like I've been an athlete my whole life. This is infuriating that I can't. Um, so just getting my stamina back, getting everything back was, oh my gosh. And so sore, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> What's changed? But, yeah, yeah. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> um, and being so hard on myself, of course, mm-hmm. a little bit of a perfectionist. And yeah. so, and a lot of times, <laughs> Looking back, and still to this day, when you come and tell me something, I already can feel that it's wrong. But I'm like, just, it's like, either just do it or I don't know. So, (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Oh, the power of a coach. Right. (laughs) So, you were talking about when you were going through this transition and, and kind of the things that you were telling yourself. Like, what were some of those things maybe that were harmful to your self image? Yeah. And then what were some of the things that like got you out of that and got you moving to like a healthier lifestyle? Yeah. So the things I would tell myself, I wouldn't necessarily tell myself anything, although I would 
think all the time that I was overweight or whatever, Mm -hmm. but it was more of a comparison trap that I was always in just comparing myself to whoever, whatever female walked by, I would compare myself to them. Um, and that has totally gone away. Um, so that doesn't happen anymore. It just went away or is it something that you worked on? Oh gosh, it's something that I guess I worked on, but also went away once I was comfortable in my own skin. Once I, yeah, I guess comfortable in my own skin. So once I started, you know, Whole30 was like learning how food affected me and, you know, clean foods, all that stuff. RP was learning kind of how to fuel myself for CrossFit. Right. Um, even at a not elite level, whatever, still beating myself into the ground sometimes multiple times a day. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's when the composition changes started to come. And so that was when I started to be happy in my own skin. And then the comparison just kind of faded away because I was happy. Mm -hmm. What do you consider your relationship to health and fitness now? You know, you just mentioned beating yourself into the ground. (laughs) And, you know, like we talked about on my interview, yeah. it's that punishment aspect of thinking that you have to harm yourself in order to yeah. be better. And maybe you went through a little bit of that yourself. Yeah. What is your philosophy now or how do you feel about that now? And maybe how did that change? Yeah. So I went through a period of time when I was training with Joe almost every day. So doing class <laughs> and training with Joe and mentally, it was more mental than physical that I couldn't take it anymore. Um, but I do like working out. So opposite to you and you and Trista. Uh I do like that feeling. Um, but I do kind of value rest days more than I used to too. So learning just to listen to my body. Um, I don't view it as punishment. Mm -hmm. Um, and I have definitely gotten away from, I need to work out because I ate this or getting away from that punishment mindset. So Mm -hmm. What about as far as goal setting and, and approaching gains, right? So we can get into that trap of thinking we have to do more in order to be better. Mm-hmm. And from coaching you, I've seen you scale down in a workout. You know, yeah. I've seen you take rest days or come in and, and not do the workout as prescribed, yeah. despite the competitive aspects that are going on in class. What is your approach to goal setting and making steady gains or, or how do you, how do you feel about that? Yeah, I think it is something that is way misunderstood, especially Mm. in the CrossFit world. Everyone thinks more is better for a large majority. Um, But I think gains come also when you rest Um, and when you don't, when you aren't constantly lifting heavy for every, you know, aren't constantly going RX, aren't, going 100% intensity every single day. Um, And so rest days are something I've tried to really build in and just listening to my body. If I'm not feeling well, then there is no need to go RX or heavy, whatever that is. So So you're, I mean, you're living the lifestyle now, right? You're a healthy individual, right? as healthy as we can be at the moment. You eat well, you exercise regularly. I believe you journal. Yep. I do. <laughs> yep. Um, I thought you did. Yeah. Um, and, you know, like most of us, we have friends or family who are not that way. They're not super healthy. 
yeah. or at least not as healthy as we'd like them to be. So how do you kind of reconcile that, uh, especially if you have close family that's not very healthy or, or not doing well? Yeah, that is one of the areas where I struggled the most. And probably like all of us, they're the easiest to get the most frustrated with and the fastest. Like mm-hmm. the fuse is not very long with them. Um, and so I think showing them, my mom especially is always like, man, you guys are so disciplined. I'm like, okay, this didn't just come overnight. Like you can do it too. It was, it's a process and a journey and we go backwards sometimes. And so just trying to be compassionate, I guess, and empathetic, but also empowering them to believe that they can also do it or giving them some knowledge, you know, giving a little bit of information every time we're home or every time we see them or whatever. Um, yeah, it's hard and frustrating. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You kind of have to let people come along at their own pace. Yeah. If uh, they're not ready, they're not going to come. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. yeah. I usually say uh, you can't want it more than they do. Um, yes, you do but say that. <laughs> at, the, at the same time though, it's like, I, I feel that way, but at the same time, you kind of have to give them every opportunity. Yes. Again, I don't know if you were like this before I met you, um, <laughs> but you are super disciplined. And if you weren't before, great, you can talk about that. But yeah. I think most people aren't very disciplined in leading a healthy life. They're disciplined in other ways, you know. Yeah. But if you're talking about goal setting or if you're talking about working with a client and helping them achieve something, how do you kind of cross that threshold with them? Yeah, I think giving them small goals that they can achieve is a big importance. And so not everyone can do. And if Brandon hadn't have done it with me, I wouldn't have been able to do it. But not everyone can just do a whole 30 to the T, you know, like I am a perfectionist. So we read all the books and didn't do any of the things we weren't supposed to do (laughs) to be able to say that we did a true whole 30 or whatever. Uh Um, And so that is really hard. And so I think I'm reminding clients to give themselves grace, even, you know, when they're trying to be disciplined, like it's okay to take a step backwards. Um, Mm -hmm. That I've learned is really important. It can't, and a lot of people struggle with just cutting out everything immediately. So giving them, okay, let's eat vegetables with every meal. Let's let's start there (laughs) instead of all these other things you shouldn't do or Let's get in the gym two times a week before we decide we're going to come to the gym five times a week. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I heard this interesting thing uh, on a podcast today about nudging and nudging people in the right direction. Yeah. You know, so it's like you're saying you can't do everything all at once. It's you take a little bit, you know, a little bit of time and, and you make a gradual progression. Yeah. But as a coach, you know, we have to kind of remove barriers. So -hmm. it makes it easier and easier and easier (laughs) for them to do right. Yeah. You know, you have to give them those, those bright spots and those winning moments, yep. you know, kind of on a daily basis. Getting kind of back to family, what was your, maybe your perception or what were you taught about health and fitness, like as a child and kind of moving through athletics and into college? Yeah, I don't know that I was really taught much of anything about it. Um I always did sports, but my sister was like a cheerleader and that was it. And so a lot of times when we try to figure out why we're so different, that is one of the main things that actually comes up. Um, So 
my dad actually coached me my club soccer, my high school soccer, and the boys' high school soccer team. So wow. that is a – yeah, so I couldn't get away with anything because he was <laughs> – in North Carolina, the boys play in the fall and the girls play in the spring. So he was on campus – or on – yeah, on campus the whole year. Uh-huh. So that, I think, played a big role into it. But I remember after games, we would go eat Subway or pizza or there was not really anything – no focus on health, really. Um, and – Especially now, looking back, I'm sure maybe they wish. Um, but my dad is really sick. He smoked his whole life. Um, yeah. And so he had respiratory failure. And in May of 2014, so coming up on six years, and I think that's part of why it's so important to us now um, to not, not end up sick yeah. when we're their age. So You keep saying us. <laughs> yeah <laughs> are you two people or are you a one person i am one person but okay. i am part of two people <laughs> yeah so uh you mentioned brandon um yes. your your lovely husband yep <laughs> he did whole 30 with you from the beginning yeah. he's kind of been right there with you all along yeah. the way other than he didn't start crossfit with you yeah <laughs> um but you know what was it like to have that kind of support system just you come home, you're both on the same page. That's not the same for a lot of people. That's not the same experience. You know, there's yeah. a lot of infighting sometimes with between family members. But what was that experience like for you? Hi, looking back on it, I never, ever would have been able to do it. So I'm so lucky that he was just like, okay, we'll do it. I'll do it with you. Because once he, you know, of course, he was like, well, what is it? And I told him. And then he once he found out how strict it was and how restrictive it was, he was like, okay, I'll do it with you because it's nearly impossible for you to succeed if I'm not also on board. So um, that is amazing because there would be times through Whole30 where I would be on a Whole30 Facebook page and see people post constantly about how their partners didn't understand. And I'm like, oh man, I am really lucky. <laughs> So that, um, and then, yeah, he didn't join CrossFit with me because he was working at Georgia State still and working like 5 a.m. to 7 p.m. So there really wasn't time. Um, but then when he left and went to the high school setting is when he jumped on board. What do you think you provided for him? Oh, gosh. He would, he would say the opposite now. He would say that, I, that he's so lucky that I even wanted to do Whole30. So <laughs> it's an interesting twist to hear his point of view now also. Um, but I think I didn't provide him the education about food, but in a way I did because I was the one that brought the program to, or, you know, to light between us. So, Yeah, and maybe some inspiration too as far as yeah. the exercise portion. I yeah. mean, yeah, he saw the addiction. <laughs> right, he saw that. But I think he also maybe not dissimilar from me, you know, he joined right after watching a competition. <laughs> watching <Right>. the open. <laughs> right. Watching the, those stellar athletes of the move yeah. open. Yeah. 2018. Yeah. Where Frank dressed up as Dave. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, I have to be a part of this place. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. So what is the move community to you? Oh gosh. Everything. So when we bought our house last year, and you know this, but we would not go anywhere that was outside of like seven miles from the gym. 
to make sure that we could still get to the gym. Um, yeah. So it's everything. I never thought I would be in a group chat with dads and Brandon, but I am. So. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm they're sorry. my favorite. No, it's oh. okay. <laughs> sorry. Bad um, jokes. Yeah. So, I mean, we had a question about buying stock when all of this COVID stuff started and we texted Joe. So that <laughs> <laughs> um, we needed a power washer and Shuck brought his and dropped it off in the driveway. So yeah, yeah it's everything. Um, but for a little while I was kind of Matt called me the gym nomad because I would go to all different classes. And so that also kind of has been a cool aspect pre coaching because I am not sure that there's anyone that I don't know their name or face. Right. So that's pretty cool. Even pre coaching that, just jumping around classes. What led you to want to become a coach? Um, I think people succeeding and I get more excited sometimes from people doing new things than they do. Um, yeah. And so I think I saw the changes that we made um, and the self-confidence that I gained and the confidence that he gained and I wanted to be able to bring that to other people. What do you think as far as all the experiences you've gone through with your transformation before CrossFit, yeah. before Whole30, moving into an athlete, moving into a coach, how do you communicate or how do you connect with a client and translate those experiences to help them? Yeah, it's interesting, especially um, when I was coaching at Dunwoody or when I coached new move members that they don't know where I started. And that is a really strange feeling. Like I did my fundamentals at eight 30. And so the eight 30 crew saw my first workouts and how bad they were. And then they know me now. And so trying to find ways to tell people that that's how I used to be is, uh, it's, I like to do it, but it's also, I don't always want to bring it back to me and, you know, because mm -hmm. not everyone wants to be me and I don't want everyone to be me. <laughs> so it's, I got to kind of toe the line of this is where I used to be and you can make this change too, if that's what you want. Um, yeah. How does that help you relate to clients though? Oh, it helps me relate because I have been there. I know how hard it is to put down sugar or to not reach in the bag and steal some French fries or how hard it is to get toast to bar or, you know, I have been there all of those places before. Um, and I think it's, it's easy to have empathy with all of those people. Yeah. Do, do they always it. trust you? No. no. <laughs> or believe you? <laughs> no. No, of course not. Right, until they do it, and then they're like, oh, yeah, okay, I can do it. Same way I was with you. Yeah. <laughs> I still am to this still day. Still are, everyone, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you mentioned, you know, you did your fundamentals at 8.30, and, <laughs> you know, you were, you, you said you were a nomad, but you were an 8.30 yeah. member for the most part. Just instantly, it kind of brought this idea to my head about, like, <laughs> growing up in a family or being the youngest in the family and then rising above them, yeah. you know, and like, so, <laughs> you know, like trying to like be out on your own. And, yeah. and, but at the same time, you're 
family will still always call you John or whatever, yeah. you know, for, it's like, but no, I'm an, I'm an adult now, you right. know, I'm a big yeah. boy. Yeah. So like, what is it like as a member coach, as a coach that came from a member, what is that transition like going from, you were brand new just three years ago, and now you're leading these people and you are a leader, you know, yeah. you are a, a real coach. Yeah. Aside from the 830, um, Aside from them, most people respect me a little bit more, (laughs) (laughs) but they have seen me go from zero to whatever I'm at now. Um, Uh But it's, it's also fun because I feel like they have seen me go from that to this. And so, especially through all this online coaching, I have kind of realized that, okay, they do want some of my feedback or they do care what I'm sending them. Um, And so that is pretty cool to see. Um, It was weird at first, of course, transitioning. And I've said before how going to coach somewhere where you don't know anyone is way different than going from member to coach in a place where you've been for a few years. Right. Yeah, you can be whoever you want to be. Yeah, it took a little while to get some confidence. (laughs) Yeah. How do you deal with gaining respect as a coach? Yeah, I think just being myself, um, I think I just need to, you know, I try to show them that I care about their success um, and that gaining trust, letting them know I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to make them do anything that's going to get them hurt or I think that's important, but also setting them up for success. So I specifically remember (laughs) uh, asking someone to do a jumping bar muscle up and they were like, uh, no way. I'm not doing that. It's scary. <laughs> I'm not doing this. And I was like, I promise you can do this. I will, we'll make the box high. You can do it. So they reluctantly did it. And then they're like, Oh, all right, I can do it. So just little things like that. Um, letting them know I believe in them. Yeah. Yeah. We have interesting relationships with these people <laughs> because like you said, it's, it is a community. You're going to go out to dinner with some of these people, you right. know, once or twice a week. You're going to yeah. go borrow their uh, pressure washer, right. <laughs> ask them about stock advice, right. you know. So it's like we are simultaneously peers, yeah. Um, but we are also leaders, and it's hard to have that separation. Yeah. And especially f- for you, yeah. being a member first, you were in the middle of all of that. And maybe even you had that kind of vertical relationship with, with coaches as well. Yeah. And then you became a coach and then you're kind of towing the line between member and coach. So that's got to be interesting for you. It's getting easier, I would say, as time goes on, for sure. Yeah. And not, and not getting more difficult. It's getting easier learning where that line is, I guess. Yeah. And on both sides, I feel like it's easier for them and it's easier for me. Right. So. One of my big philosophies is that what we do inside of the gym should benefit how we live outside of the gym. Mm -hmm. And I think you and Brandon kind of embody that really well. You know, you do a lot of traveling and most of your traveling is exercise related, hiking, camping, et cetera. So what does that mean to you? Yeah. So we haven't shared this with anyone, but our, uh, before we got married, we were challenge to come up with our core values together. Um, and so we have four of them. It's generosity, 
health, or generosity, faith, health, and adventure. Um, and so I think I had, yeah, I was definitely, no, I wasn't doing CrossFit. We ha- we were thinking about Whole30. It may have been after we got married, but we decided to put health instead of fitness um, because it encompasses the whole thing. And so um, traveling, adventure is one of them. And so we love to go hiking. We love to go to national parks and um, that is where we feel the most filled up, I guess. Um, I have this weird thing where feeling like as tiny as an ant is what fills my cup up (laughs) (laughs) and makes it me able to pour into others. And so any chance we can, we try to travel, um, and go hiking and see national parks. Yeah. I I think, and for me, similar adventure is definitely one of my values yeah um and it means a lot of different things you know maybe experiences as well yeah you know you can experience adventure hiking and camping in general like the same kind of thing it's like when i've done extended periods of that everything seems so simple um any depression i have is gone Gone. i'm very excited no matter what kind of troubles come along your way along the path as you're hiking or you know or whatever um you're you're questioning whether or not you're going to make it to the next, you know, water station or whatever, but nothing really matters beyond that. And it's, right. it's just, you know, I think that's that cross where spirituality, adventure, you know, all of that comes together there for me. So, yeah, yeah, we love it. And not a lot of people know the story, but it's kind of one of those should stories um, in Yosemite. We were hiking Half Dome. I actually couldn't finish. And so it was one of those, I should be able to finish these or finish this and I can't, and it is infuriating because yeah. I've been doing CrossFit for over a year. <laughs> Why can't I finish this hike? Um, but in hindsight, I couldn't finish the hike because I was so dehydrated. Um, and it was a super long hike and he finished it without me, which is uh-huh. totally, I told him to do it. Um, but that was also kind of humbling in a way, I guess. Um, and so, I was thinking about this too. We just did Angel's Landing again. Um, and last time we did it was pre-CrossFit. And this time was, it's amazing how much easier it was to do how many? How, how long is that route? It's not long. It's only like five miles. But um, it does have 13 switchbacks to get up to the top. Yeah. They're pretty steep. Um, and then you're like on a super thin trail up to the top of angels landing. And so that part is hard because it's slow and there's a lot of people up there, but the hike up to that part is the harder part. So that's what was easier this time. We actually joked about doing, they're called Walter's wiggles, doing (laughs) Walter's wiggles for time or (laughs) or (laughs) every 30 seconds. Well, you did one switch back or (laughs) so gamify it. Right. (laughs) You'd mentioned not being able to make it. Yeah. How do you reconcile what you would consider failure in that moment? Do you find yourself dealing with situations like that at home or in the gym or or elsewhere? Yeah, I think at first I was really annoyed and pissed off. Um, But when we got down, I mean, we were out from like 5 a.m. to like 7 p.m. And so... 
that in itself, even the fact that I didn't get to the top of Half Dome was still a win. Like there's, there's not, not everyone can do that and be on the trail all day for that long. But I think, oh gosh, reconciling failures in the gym is way harder than on a hiking trail, <laughs> way harder than on a hiking trail. And there are sometimes where it is so hard and you have seen me firsthand throw a hissy fit during some of those workouts. Um, and there's, it's only one workout, one specific workout. Um, but I think I'm learning much more how to be graceful with myself and not everything has to be perfect every single workout. Mm-hmm. So that is something that has kind of come recently, more recently, I guess. Um, especially being in quarantine, not every workout is going to be anywhere close to perfect or at perfect intensity. And so it's like, hey, at least I got it done. And right. Maybe your goal shifted a little bit. Yeah, yeah. You're basically a driven person. Yeah. It has to be a challenge to have that balance then of being driven and wanting to do more or be better, but also showing yourself grace. You know, some people might think, oh, well, if you're, if you're graceful all the time, then you're never achieving anything. So how do you find that balance? I'm still learning how to find it. Um, I think that anything that is causing me, I'm, I'm having to step back and like almost evaluate as if it's not my life. Like, like I'm watching from the outside. And so like, is this causing me unnecessary stress? Then I need to either, you know, I need to learn how to say no or, okay, this workout wasn't perfect. It's okay. Um, but also still striving to be better the next day is, you know, not everything is a wash just because of one day went bad. So I am still learning how to do that. <laughs> so it's a hard balance, especially I am very much an achiever. So, um, and I am externally motivated. I'm very much an obliger too. So if it, if only I know about something and it, then I am way less likely to accomplish it. But if someone else is expecting something of me, then I will absolutely get it done. If you were talking to somebody who was thinking about doing CrossFit or starting a new diet or just making changes in general, what's some advice you could give them? Yeah, so I actually just asked one of my friends today. He um, keeps posting about being healthy or to those aspiring to be healthy and I pulled a U and <laughs> I texted him and said, okay, this has been on my mind for a few days to ask you, but what does health or being healthy mean to you when you keep asking people these questions? Um, and so, yeah, I got his answer. Um, but what was your question again? Shoot. What kind of advice could you give somebody oh, yeah. who's just starting or wanting to start even? Oh, gosh. The biggest advice is to just pick something, I guess. It's so hard and you can get caught up in so many options trying to make a decision on which thing to go with to just do one thing would be my advice. You know, there's boot camp, there's CrossFit, there's Whole30, there's keto, there's whatever. There's so many things. So to just do one because if you don't do any of them, you're never going to 
do anything, but choosing to just pick one option and do it, I feel like is what's going to move you towards success or give you almost determination to maybe try other things after that. Um, Mm. But walking in the door is the hardest part. Yeah, I think, you know, there's no perfect. Um, There's no perfect thing for you to do. But you know that you want to change, so change, right? right? You can always change your mind. Right. I think I set up like seven fundamentals. First time meetings with Matt before I actually showed up, which now (laughs) that I know that he showed up for all of them, I feel so bad. (laughs) I've been thinking that for three years. He was just there already. (laughs) Yes, that is what I thought. Yeah, he's just there all the time, just waiting for you. (laughs) At least it wasn't 5.30 in the morning. It was always at 8.30. But still, that's my point. Like, I finally just decided, okay, I'm going to go. I think I may have told Brandon about it. And so my next piece of advice would be to tell someone about the decision you're making so that someone can hold you accountable to doing that. Oh, that's great. Yeah, We are so guilty of breaking promises to ourselves but are way less likely to break promises that we make to other people so, yeah we talked about the badass challenge or i talked about the badass challenge very briefly yeah. <laughs> but you just talked about promises so it just kind of came to mind you know during that challenge we talk about creating our own rules for our life mm-hmm. and that's kind of the same thing as you know you're making promises to yourself that you're going to live in a certain way you kind of already had things like that in place before we did the challenge. Did you get anything out of that exercise or, or what, what did you get out of going through that challenge with me? I think that part was mostly just the last one that I led with you that we did that exercise. But I think Brandon and I were already at a place that we kind of had those things that we wanted to live by. And so maybe just expanding on them. So I wasn't a consistent journaler before, but it helps me immensely. Um, so I want to be a person that journals. Um, and it helps like just settle me down. I do it in the morning, which I could probably do it again before bed. But I have found that if I do it in the morning, I still sleep better at night because those feelings are out on paper, even though I did it before the day even started. So, yeah. <laughs> um, or we want to be generous people or we want to be consistent in the gym. Um, Those are all things that we got from that exercise. Just going back to your values that you guys created together. Yeah, Yeah, that's great. What else is on the horizon for you? Oh, gosh, I don't know. (laughs) We'll see when all this COVID stuff stops is what is on the horizon for me. Um, I got my precision nutrition, level one. So nutrition stuff may be on the horizon. Mm -hmm. Um. Nutrition coaching. Nutrition coaching, maybe yeah. on the horizon. Mm-hmm. No CrossFit Games competitions? Nope, nope, oh. nope. <laughs> <laughs> maybe a local move competition? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Getting back in the gym, the actual gym, uh-huh. um, is on the horizon. Is there anything else you'd like to add before we log off? Um, oh, we didn't talk about breaking my foot. We didn't. Would you that like to talk about your foot? That was a pivotal moment. <laughs> It's very important to you, I see. It is, because I feel like there was a huge... I was telling Babs this. There was a huge decision that could have been made there, and I chose to keep coming to the gym. 
Um, but it also could have been a time where I stopped coming to the gym and that could have changed everything mm. now. Um, and so looking back on that, I probably annoyed the shit out of you having to scale every single thing, every single day for eight weeks. But I'm so glad that I decided to keep going because gosh, things would be really different. I think if I yeah. had just not, or just stopped being a member or, who knows if I would have taken eight weeks off and come back. I don't know. Do you think you really could have done that? Taken eight weeks off? Yeah. I mean, do you oh, think or not you, come back? I don't think so, but I don't know. Yeah. I don't think that's who you were. I don't know. I was still pretty new to the game then that mm-hmm. I feel like it would have been way easier to fall back in that trap of the old me than it would be now. Yeah, maybe. I think you already had shown yourself a lot of dedication though. Yeah. I mean, you'd already gone through whole 30, you know, very strictly. Yeah. You'd yeah. already committed to seven fundamentals with <laughs> <laughs> or seven intro sessions with oh Matt. Oh my gosh, that's true. You know, you'd already been yeah. dedicated. So I don't know. I, I, I guess we could. I don't know. It is the first thing I said when it happened. I cried. Oh, yeah. You're like, my life is over. Anymore. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. That just made you want it more. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I don't think that, I don't think there's anything else. But that is something that I wish often that our clients knew is that you can come to the gym injured and there is an infinite amount of things that you can do. Right. Um, just to keep that routine because so, it's so easy to fall back in the old trap of not coming. Or, and when you don't come to the gym, then you don't eat well and then all these other things compound. Well, honestly, that's a, I mean, that's a great reminder for right now. Yeah. In yeah. that we are immobile uh, or we were unable to go to the gym. So it's like, you know, you can't put your health on hold even though your gym membership is. Right. So, yeah. um, you know, I think that is a good reminder that there are plenty of things that we can do to stay healthy or eat right or exercise a little bit at home or go yeah. for a walk or, or whatever it is that we have to do. Yeah. I think that's it. Cool. Well, <laughs> I really appreciate everything that you do for our gym, for our community. So thank you so much for coming on the podcast and hopefully we'll see you soon. Yeah. Thank you for having me.